Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot, connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanas, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. One final game, seven from the first round tonight. High school football rankings around the state are in, and Montana State head football coach Jeff Choate. It is to tell Nuanas. It is 1029 ESPN Radio, and it is across the state on your televisions on SWX Montana. Outstanding to be with all of you out there on this very fine Wednesday afternoon. Hope you are well. Thanks for letting us ride along with you. Let's take a look at what we have in the show today. First of all, Game 7 last night. In incredibly low scoring, a high-end defensive game. Also, you could feel like a little bit of nerves playing into it. Ultimately, though, a, a thrilling Game 7 that the Denver Nuggets came out victorious in, moving on to the second round, 80-78 to 78 over the Utah Jazz. We'll get into that a little bit and preview the Game 7 forthcoming uh, at 7 o'clock tonight, which you can hear right here on ESPN Radio between the Oklahoma City Thunder and Houston Rockets. And also, take a look at the... Uh, first, excuse me, the second round matchups of the NBA playoffs. It is a Wednesday. We're going to give you wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern. So, boys and girls, get yourselves ready for that. We're going to transition this thing a little bit. We're going to take your calls today. Coulter's got some trivia questions for you. But Coulter and I are also going to do some trivia questions for each other as we go. We're still going to give you wings. We'll just have you call in and get them. Uh, but we're going to have some fun with that today and, uh, and get you over to the Desperado for the best wings in town, uh, according to the voting public, which is... The only public that matters. Is this a wing democracy or what, Coulter? You know what I'm saying? So It's the most accurate vote we got. There we go. Uh, we also, uh, the knock on sports, Anthony Knockrunner up there in Kalispell uh, puts together his uh, media poll of uh, state high school football each week. So the first one of those is out after week one. Uh, so we'll get into that a little bit. Top of the hour. Looking forward to this, our ESPN roundtable. Montana State head football coach Jeff Choate joining us to talk about all things uh 
well, Montana State fall football, but also FCS football in general, uh, where he thinks things have gone right, where he thinks maybe they could have gone better, and also recruiting in the state of Montana. I thought we had a, a very interesting opportunity to talk to him about uh, the recruiting class in sort of broad terms this year, and also in general in the state of Montana, uh, what recruiting is like. Because he's a guy who, first of all, was a high school coach, and second of all, has been all over the place uh, at the college level. And so, uh, you know, is a, a, a a good resource, I think, to think about, you know, not just what types of recruits are coming, but how it, what kind of job is being done uh, cultivating the sport. I think he had some interesting thoughts on that. So we'll get into all of that uh, in hour number two as well. So there you go. That is our show outlook. If you want to call, you want to be a part of this thing, give us a shout anytime, 361-3688, the phone number, 361-3688. You can text that phone number to area code 406 if you're out there in the wider world. 3613688 all guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line and if you would like to listen live you can do so all the time anytime to the uh, station on our website 1029espn.com you go there you check in you listen live maybe it's uh, nice to be at home and just on your device on your computer earbuds in uh, you get us uh, that way as well the stream brought to us by Opportunity Bank of Montana Opportunity Bank your local bank your opportunity uh Coulter I know we got a bunch of basketball to talk about here but uh you got yourself a little something right here uh that uh that we wanted to uh make sure that we got in here this morning instead of, instead of doing our book club that we do I, I do we need to troubleshoot for a second because okay. it sounds okay. like we're uh, dark on the, uh, okay. the we'll, come back. we'll so, come back to it well let's uh, let's start by talking about last night's game I actually wanted you to fill me in a little bit on uh the third quarter, I watched the first half, then I had to do some chores, and yeah. uh, then tune back in with about four minutes to go in the fourth quarter. The first half, the Nuggets were just drilling the Jazz. The Jazz looked completely flat. looked like they had no gas left in the tank. The Nuggets, at one point, were doubling them up. I mean, it was it was like 50-27 to 27 I, I think the point. largest lead by either team in the series coming into that game had been 14 or 16 points. And in the first half, the Jazz had gotten it out to about 18 points and and created the largest lead in that series. I also thought this was crazy last night. First of all, 36 points in the first half for Utah. I mean, that's... I can't even believe they got there. It's not they good. Were, they were struggling It's not good. Early. And... Uh, but here, how about this, though? Four quarters, two teams. So you have eight quarters worth of scoring. Three of the quarters between the two clubs were 15 points, man. Like... In today's NBA and also in the bubble, I mean, we've seen prolific scoring, none more than between these two guys who are going head to head in Donovan Mitchell and and uh, Jamal Murray. So it's in fact the greatest scoring duel in the history of the NBA playoffs, just in terms of pure production, total only, numbers. Yeah. Only two guys that have ever. I mean, there's been four players in the history of the league that have dropped 50 twice in the same series: Allen Iverson, Michael Jordan, and then these two guys did it in the same series. That's unprecedented against each other. Yeah, it was. It Especially was unbelievable. They're both. Neither one of them is even 25 years old. But I think. I think Donovan Mitchell had something like three points in the first quarter, and I think he finished the half with like seven. So, But he came out to play. You asked me about the third quarter. They were down. They scored 36 points in the first half. I think it was 50 to 36 ultimately at the break uh, for uh, – uh, actually, it was, it was better than that, wasn't it, for uh, – excuse me, for the uh, Nuggets. No, I think it was 50-36. But anyway, they're up 14. But up 14 – in a game where you're, <laughs> you've only allowed the other team to score 36 points, I mean that that would be like a 25 or 30 point lead in a in a normal scoring game. And Donovan Mitchell went in at halftime and sort of shook off whatever it was, you know, the, whether it's the nerves, whether it's the anticipation, whatever, it just came out and took over in the third quarter. And he went absolutely lights out. And by the way, as great as Murray's been, his whole game was okay, but not not great. In fact, it was Jokic that was the main. I mean, he, he led all scorers with thirty last night, and he got into a bunch of foul trouble. So Denver was really scrambling because Jokic was on the the bench, Murray not having his greatest game, and Donovan Mitchell just went to work. And to watch Donovan Mitchell play ball, and also, you know this about me, but I love it when guys wear it on their sleeve, man. For sure. And and Donovan Mitchell, That's why this was such you know, a fun a, series, right? Absolutely. And and in a game seven, you know, guys are coming to play, but the emotion of it, the excitement of it, when you're down quite a bit in relation to the game, they came all the way back, took a lead. The Utah Jazz did in the fourth quarter, and 
and that building not just momentum but emotion of the players led by Donovan Mitchell, their best player, uh, was was really fun to watch. And then the last 10, 12 seconds of this game were crazy. I mean, Donovan Mitchell ultimately turns the thing over. I feel terrible for him as it – I shouldn't even say turns it over. He had it stolen. You know, there's a difference when you dribble it off your foot or throw it out of bounds or somebody makes a great defensive play and steals it from you. Then Denver, all they got to do is run the timeout. They try and do a transition layup, miss the layup, and it comes all the way back up. And – uh an opportunity for a, a pretty good look, an open three-pointer that goes halfway down and out, and that's it. And then and the Utah Jazz are done, eliminated from this. And that was that was for sure the best series of the first round. I don't care what happens tonight. And that's th- this series was so fun because I think these teams are both young, they're both hungry, they both don't know what they don't know, they both have rising young superstar, potentially superstar caliber players. And they're both flawed. Both teams are very flawed. I think both, I mean, I thought the winner of last night's game was going to be in real trouble going against the Clippers. I think that it's not a good matchup for either of those teams. Just because it didn't matter if it's Donovan Mitchell or Jamal Murray, Kawhi Leonard is going to, is going to exert, uh, exert his force and will on those guys. I mean, but I, I think the Nuggets are have a better opportunity they do. They, than the Jazz. They do because had, of Jokic. Right? Because Absolutely. the Clippers don't have anybody for Jokic. But and I, the progression of Michael Porter, too. One of the most omnipresent and consistent narratives of the NBA throughout the last four decades, and this is one of the things that makes the league so great, when you're a rising star and you taste success, you'll hit this wall. You'll hit this moment of adversity. If you really go through all the teams in the history of the league, the Oklahoma City Thunder, when Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden were all below the age of 25, is literally the only team in the last 40 years to make a run all the way to the finals, to win their conference when they were all young. Most of the time, even the greatest of great players, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, you know Charles Barkley, Hakeem Olajuwon even, um, I mean, Kobe Bryant, I guess Kobe was, a, he, he had been in the league, he had to be in the league for six or seven years, even though he was 24, 24 whatever, because yeah. he came in the league when he was 17 years old. But still, it, it takes failure to then ultimately ascend to the mountaintop. A lot of times, though, if you don't use it as motivation, you just get stuck in disappointment or you know something happens in your career, like what happened with Carmelo Anthony. He was, t- he was there, he tasted it a little bit. He made a decision to go to the New York Knicks. It never came back for him. That's too bad. But Donovan Mitchell, I thought you could tell he was devastated yes. last night. Yes. And I think that it could be this, it, 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 this is a crossroads for him. This is a landmark moment for him. Where does he go from here? Because he was way better than anybody thought he was going to be coming out of Louisville. And then between year one and year two, they, they used him and misused him a lot of times. He had a little bit of a sophomore slump, but then overcame that. And then he was, absolutely an all NBA caliber player in year three. If he can take another step, I said it once, I'll say it again. He's a young Dwayne Wade, man. He really is. He has that sort of charisma, that sort of leadership. I don't know if he's as explosive as Dwayne Wade, but he's a better shooter. Here's the thing though. I I think, I think Donovan Mitchell has proven that he's a guy that you can and should build around. If you are an NBA franchise, you can be very successful with him. That said, he, 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 even LeBron James needs people to play with in order sure. to win championships. No question. And, and people that compliment him well, too, because LeBron right. has had a variety of great players to play with over the years. Not always were they the most complimentary of players. And I think Rudy Gobert is a great player, and I think he, he's a he great compliment player to Donovan Mitchell. No question. Outside of him, though, I mean, I love Joe Angles. You know that. I mean, yep. he's, he's, he's great. He's fun to watch and all that. But, you know, he's not the piece that you need, and he, you know, he's 32, 33 years old, yeah. so, you know, we'll see. But they need somebody else that's another top-level, like, approaching all-star caliber player in order, I think, to really have make, make, make deep playoff runs. And they thought they had that in Mike Conley. And then Mike Conley just wasn't an all-star this year. Yeah. I mean, actually, has Mike Conley actually ever been an all-star? I think he actually yeah. has the distinction of being one of the best players to never be an all-star. Well, we'll, have, to, we'll have to look it up. But And and Mike Conley even, you know, I think was, again, I think it was, so how, how do you figure, it's like the Mariners, man, when they got went and got Cliff Lee, I think the year after he was the Cy Young Award winner, and he stunk up the joint sure. for the Mariners. Sure. But it's hard to blame the team that brings him in when you go, okay, this is a really good player in a, yep. In a, yep. in a place that you need. But I'm thinking more, I mean, 
is not going to be getting a 30-something-year-old guy unless that 30-something-year-old guy is, is, you know, LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard or something like that. But I think you need to find another young, up-and-coming star to pair with him in order for the Jazz to be able to to, to, to really make serious runs because right now they're a super fun team to watch with an uber talented duo really sure but you were never like that pair good as they are are like i don't know the seventh best tandem in the west no for sure for sure and i just don't know how you do it if you're utah because i just don't know how you got you got to do it in the draft because i just you're not going to get a marquee free agent signing there you're just really not yeah and the, the unfortunate part is and i know that he has struggled with injuries so much since he left utah but the unfortunate part is Literally the perfect player for this Jazz team right now would be Gordon Hayward. Mm. He would be perfect with Donovan yeah. Mitchell because he could default to Mitchell. He yeah. could also facilitate. That's I mean, good point. he would be so good, and he was such a good fit in Utah, too. He's such a beloved player. You just have to wonder if he regrets that because, I mean, obviously Boston loves him, too, and there's no way you could have predicted, I mean, two minutes into the very first game of his Celtics career, yeah. he's you know he snaps his leg in half. I mean, there's no way you could have predicted that, but... It, 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 he's it is a great for his former coach, right? He is, and it, it, so it's a it's a great what if. I want to get into this game seven tonight of the most uh, the, the opposite of the most entertaining series in the first round, the <laughs> most abomination, the biggest abomination I've seen. Come on, but man. before that, gotta give a special shout out. We're back up on SWX Montana. I wanted to wait so that that my, our main man could see it. But today, it's my best buddy Ellis's fourth birthday. My brother's oldest son, and uh, Ellis. Your, your first nephew. My first nephew. Yes. And uh, he is, no question, the best basketball fan of anybody I know. Yes. He can give you his top 10 NBA players like, like it's list. nothing. Yes. He, he loves it. He loves playing hoops in the backyard, loves watching hoops. And Giannis Antetokounmpo is his main man. So I know the Bucks are about to play. I know Ellis is going to be enjoying his, that's his right. fourth birthday. So happy birthday, Ellis. If you're watching on the TV, here's one of your presents, buddy. I got you two Giannis Antetokounmpo special edition cards. You got one of him blocking a shot. It says, that's savage on it. And we got the other one, the Supernova. I know Woo. you're coming to town this weekend, buddy. Can't wait to hang out with you. Happy birthday. There you go. You'll always have a life in sports because I'll never forget Montana State head coach, his first game, Jeff Chodo will join us later on uh, in the second hour. His very first game as a head coach of Montana State, September 1st, 2016. My brother and I were on our way to Moscow. Brooks gets the call. said, okay, we got to pull over. We, uh, Brooks has got to go back to Bozeman. <laughs> this, is going, this is happening right now, now. today. So yeah. uh, Ellis then, you know, his first couple days in the hospital watching college football, his first couple days on earth watching college football, and uh, he's he's definitely the, the the main guy in my world when it comes to the NBA. So happy birthday to to Ellis. It's going to be tough to uh, be born with the surname Nuanas and uh, not be indoctrinated into the world of athletics in general, Big Sky Sports certainly, and uh, and NBA. And he has taken to it like a fish to water. That's right, say. Ellis. Uh, very well, future done. NBA correspondent oh, man, to be four. I mean. Just bring me all the cake. All right, uh, Coulter, let's get into this seventh game tonight. Uh, I know what you think about the game in terms of the style and what it is and what Houston just does not bring in terms of the aesthetic of it or you know sure. all that stuff. No question. But when you talk about the, the bizarre relationship that these two teams have where Harden used to be with you know OKC now it's Chris Paul who's over there now Westbrook used to be over there who was not with Harden is now rejoined Harden in Houston now they're going up against the old team and Chris Paul you know one of those best players to never be in an NBA finals types of things no question. and and so there is a you know whatever this game turns out to be in terms of whether it's fun to watch or very likely not that fun to watch uh they're so very much on the line i think any game 7 is 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 exciting we don't get a lot of them so i'm pumped up for this game in that respect and also particularly those three guys there's there's a lot of professional history between them. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I think it's I think it's largely good. But now you're going against each other for the thing. And Houston is is the you know I don't know if the glamorous team is the right way to say it, but they're the one that have the two big time superstars on their team that score, that are MVPs, that are you know uh, uh, face of the league sorts of guys. And Chris Paul has been that. Uh, but is 
you know, m- most people are sitting there go, well, Chris Paul's by himself in Oklahoma City, which you've been very adamant he is certainly not by himself in Oklahoma City. And you've been right on that because here they are in a game seven and are, you know, 48 minutes from moving on to a second round matchup with the L.A. Clippers. But what do you think uh, about, excuse me, the, the Lakers tonight for this, the winner of this game goes against the Lakers. Uh, where are you at with this game just in general from a, from a, a, a taking as taken as a whole and what this is in all of these guys' careers. Well, that that's exactly it. It is because the NBA, more than any other sport, professional college, anything, the, the constantly evolving story that is the whole league, it's so fascinating because this this era of player empowerment and player movement has made it so the speculation of potential combos and then the result of potential combos are no longer fantasies. It really can happen at any time all over the league. And we see it across the league. A year ago today, who would have ever thought that Russell Westbrook would be playing for the Rockets? Who would have thought that? Mm -hmm. You never would have been able to guess that that was what was going to happen. But then you reach these crossroads where you've tried something for a certain amount of time, and we just saw crossroads in Philadelphia. Philadelphia did their whole process. They tanked and tanked and tanked, got multiple number one picks, made a run at it. It blew up. Brett Brown's out. Now they're going to have to decide between their two remaining superstars and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And it's a fork in the road that will have an influence on the next 10 years of the NBA no matter what happens. Tonight is a fork in the road for multiple different figures in this series. If Mike, Dan- if the Rockets lose this game, Mike D'Antoni's out. Where does Mike D'Antoni go then? Because Mike D'Antoni is going to be out because because of just the fact that he hasn't been able to make it work with I'll these guys. Goes. Tell me. Philly. Man, see, so here's the speculation. That there's, I've heard three. Yeah, Brooklyn, mm. Philly, mm. but the most, the most heat, the the most uh, hot rumor is New Orleans. Mm. There's a lot of talk that New Orleans is going to make a run at trading for Ben Simmons, Mike D'Antoni, Ben Simmons, Zion Williamson. Yes, please. That is a, that is a very fun team to watch. I don't know where yeah. they get any shooting from. But you know they're going to score some serious points on the fast break, and Mike D'Antoni's going to have them play it hot. But regardless, it's a crossroads because if when D'Antoni's out, it's not like he's going to not go get another job. He's still an excellent coach. Yeah, They're just at this place where they've reached their potential if they don't move on in this round. They're also going to have some serious questions on how to manage the rest of the roster because you're marching toward, in a couple years, when the, the contract that Westbrook signed going into his last season with the Thunder and this max contract that James Harden is on, you're marching towards a scenario where in a couple years, you're going to be paying two guys more than $110 million Mm. in one year. Not to mention that you have more than $400 million on the books for the next four or five. That's an insane amount of money if you're not winning champion. If you're not even getting the conference finals, you got to make a move. You can't just do that. They're not going to just sit here and pay each of these two guys $250 $250 million each to lose in the first round of the second round. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. So then where's the crossroads there? But I also think it's a profound crossroads for the Thunder because I think the Thunder, I think they exceeded expectations more than anybody in the league this year. That makes me very happy because I've always been a huge Chris Paul fan and I really, I haven't liked the way the narrative of his career has evolved over the last couple of years because of a lot of situations that weren't in his control. When I watch him now and listen to him now, it seems like he's back to the, the, the beloved player that was, I mean, he's one of the most respected guys in the league, right? I mean, he's been the president of the players association for years. Yeah. Everybody in the league loves Chris Paul. His reputation as a player team results aside is second to none. I mean, a lot of people, you could argue numbers wise that Chris Paul is one of the greatest point guards in the history of the NBA, but his resume in terms of wins, it doesn't show it yet. But I think that this could be a pivotal moment for Chris Paul too because expectations are such an interesting thing. Getting this Thunder team to the second round, that's a huge accomplishment. That's a huge feather in Chris Paul's legacy. And getting this team to the second round too, now maybe you can keep this core together. I think that him and Schroeder and and, uh, Shea Gildress-Alexander, those guys are all a good, that's a good team. It's a good combo. And they lose this game though. I mean, Danilo Gallinari is a free agent. Shea Gildress-Alexander might be on the trading block. So it's going to have huge ramifications for both of these franchises, the result of tonight's game. And it's not just winning. It's not just getting to the second round, but it's getting to the second round going through, you know, 
Westbrook and Harden, right? To do it against those guys and and the Houston Rockets would be, you know, significant for uh, for Chris Paul. Uh, we go now to the phones. Uh, some someone named Austin, I think, has a bone to pick. So uh, <laughs> off we go to the Range Brothers RV phone line. Hello, Austin. What can we do for you? Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Grand. Thank you for asking. Very good, Coulter. Uh, <laughs> man, I'm just devastated right now. I don't know what to say. Tell us more. I guess. I guess. I guess blood runs thicker than water is really what it comes down to here, and I can't be that mad. It sure and does. maybe that my competition, my competition is a four year old. Maybe I should give him some grace, but uh, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Super stoked on Ellis right now, even on his birthday. Oh man, because you you uh, you want to be the number one NBA correspondent for Two Tell Nuwadas? Is that what I'm hearing? Well, not even that. Just in your life, that's oh, the real thing. My, right. I've already accepted that I'm no longer the NBA insider. Right? That was like that was like Two Tell on Tuesdays day, or like uh, that was that era. Now Austin, I haven't done that for a long time. Austin and Coulter, for those of you who don't know, uh, have known each other for about 30 years, not quite. <laughs> And uh, Coulter has only known Ellis for low these four years. Uh, and Ellis has superseded Austin, who also happens to be my brother, if you're tracking your, you know, small market radio scores at your own home, that uh, he has superseded Austin in just this very short amount of time as being Coulter's favorite NBA person. And, yeah, it's a tough day, buddy. It's a, it's a tough day, Austin. You're, you're, always, you're always my number one, Austin. Oh, brother. It's just that uh, oh. Ellis, Ellis just has a definitive advantage on both of us. I'll tell you this. He knows more about the NBA than any four-year-old I've ever met. So <laughs> he is the leader yeah. in the clubhouse for a future uh, NBA tonight or inside the NBA analyst spot. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, I guess I can give it up. I'll, I'll let it go, I guess, eventually. But it's just hard. I just had to express that. I feel better already. Well, I'm glad you do. Maybe we can go catch a game seven a little later on tonight. I'll text you when the show's over. Maybe so. Hey, also, I want two cents on the Rockets because okay. they're my least favorite team in the league. <laughs> they're, they're your least favorite team? Is that what you said? Yeah. Oh, amen. See, yeah. you're still my guy because we completely agree on this. It makes me want my head want to explode watching these guys play basketball. <laughs> yeah, same. Here's where the, I I still go back to game was it six or I think it was seven they were up three one Chris Paul or they they Chris Paul hits the game winner or whatever to go up three one on the Warriors and he gets hurt right yeah or was it three two whatever and then they end up losing that series and this is where basketball and sports in general is driving nuts sometimes is it's it's overly reactionary and you lose a series and the conclusion is we have to make changes to be better. That's not, it's just not true all the time. Like you got unlucky, a guy got hurt. You just lost a couple games when maybe you should have and have won. But like, that doesn't mean you have to make big changes. And then they went and made some big changes, got rid of some guys that were really valuable chemistry, uh, role-playing pieces that they needed and they've just not been as good as that team since that day. Whereas if they keep that team and go head up against the Warriors again, they still have a chance. It's They're still fighting fire with fire with the three-point line uh, game that's become so commonplace now. But anyway, um, the Rockets just can do no correct in my view, and I'm glad they're going to lose tonight. It's oh. going to be awesome. That's all. Thank you, Austin, Thank for you, Austin. the call. Um, I would yep. also like to point out, uh, now that he's off the air, he texted me and <laughs> said, uh, your phone line isn't working. And uh, he says, your phone line's not only not working, it's disconnected. And I texted him the number because I know for sure. He's calling the old number. It's been nine nine. months, man. Has it really been that long? It had not quite. But I mean, I mean, we we are not even six. We're not, you know. And he's. I just finally realized he doesn't. He doesn't listen. Well, I I I mean, I mean, I'm on the show, and I still just memorized the phone number for the first time. (laughs) It's two till new one is one zero two nine ESPN radio. I got two quick hitters for you. Go ahead. What does this do to Chris Paul's legacy? Win or lose tonight? Honestly, I don't think a lot. Do you think he stays in OKC? I, I think it's more if he wins, obviously. But but I, I like let's put it like this: I think it helps him more if he wins. And but I don't think it's all that detrimental if he loses. That's what I think. Do you like the? He's this is 
He signed that huge contract with the Rockets. He might make it to get to another contract, but I can't really see that because he's he's a good but not great athlete in terms of just like his build yeah, and yes, durability. Right, right. So I think this is his last stop. Do you like the core that they have around him? I mean, like, like who are you in on moving forward? I, I love Schroeder with Paul because I think he can back him up. He can also play off the ball next to him. Shea Gilchrist Alexander thinks talented, but he's here nor there with this squad for me. I guess my my question is, and and how are you going to do it? But but they are in the the thing that you constantly say is the worst position in sports. Like they're not winning with that group. The the title, the title. For sure. I don't think they're I don't think they're a conference. You know, I don't think they're a conference finals level team. Well, right, because no one's going to be a conference finals level team if the Lakers and the and the Clippers aren't right. playing each other in the semis. Okay, right? so then, so okay, so if the best you can do is squeak by a game seven and get to the second round, I mean that's pretty good. Yeah. But also, who's coming for them? Right. Everybody. Sure. I mean, the young talent, superstar level talent in this yep. league is significant, and so I, I mean, I like this team. But they're not going anywhere. They're not doing anything. They they have to make major moves in order to be either competitive or or you know circle all the way around. What if they put a package together for Embiid? I mean, that would be big. Chris, Chris Paul and Embiid. Yeah, that and, would be. and you know Chris Paul would get Embiid to. Mm-hmm. I mean, the things that ail Joel Embiid, refusing to be in shape, being a little bit all over the place in terms of his consistency. I mean, if Embiid could be consistent, he could be thirty five and fifteen. Man, I mean, he's he's going twenty six and twelve every night without even really knowing what's going on a lot of times. Here's the thing, though. I will never, ever want any good to befall the Oklahoma City Thunder Ghost Sonics. It's two telling new on us. One last Go, question. Oh, one, one more. Last okay. question. Sorry, I thought that was That's two. Okay. I, I kind of parlayed off of my Chris Paul question. My yeah. last question. All right. Does James Harden show up tonight? Can, can you get a gauge on where they're at? Because to me, Harden doesn't look as inspired. I think part of that is Lou Dort being a frustrating defender. But I also just think that I think that Harden, when he's by himself, was the most happy because he that he could just jack shots. But it seemed to me he was more happy with Chris Paul than he is with Russell Westbrook. And I have no idea the read on him and Dan Tony, but it doesn't seem to be nearly as uh, harmonious as it once was. The uh, the worst game I've ever seen James Harden play, and I would probably put it up against any game that he's ever played, was in a game seven elimination I think it was a game so it was certainly an elimination game I think he had 14 turnovers and single digit points I mean it was it was just horrendous and I'm not saying that's who he is it's not like you know he had an awful game you could hardly even say that he wilted under the pressure I mean it's just one of those things where it's just so bad and it all falls apart um but point being is he the first guy I trust to go out there and just be the hammer in a game seven no no right no, I don't. Does that mean I don't think he shows up? No. Like, I think that he, I, I think haven't been there before. I think there's a lot riding in this game for James Harden. No question. I think there's a lot more riding on it for him than anybody else involved because for sure. he's he's the guy even yeah. more than Paul who hasn't hasn't been able yeah, to Chris do Yeah, Chris Paul's it. playing with house money. Russell Westbrook's playing hurt. James Harden is put up a shut-up time right now. Agreed. Give pick, us a call. I'll pick, tell you. Pick it. I mean, you want to hear it, Rockets? I think the, I think I think Houston figures it out. I mean, I think I think there's I think there's some I think there's something there's enough fire there, uh, not firepower, but but emotion, which is never lacking, by the way, from Russell Westbrook. I mean, if you're gonna ask me like in a game seven, who am I who am I gonna put my chips in with? It's Russell Westbrook, right? And so. Even though the style they play in this, that, and the third, going up against their old, old team and being the more talented club, like if you just add it up, that I don't think that counts for a ton, the, the, the talent bit in a game seven, but I think it counts for something. I'm going to take Houston to win game seven tonight. Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot, connect to more. Uh, Coulter, one thing you asked about the conference semis, because we didn't even get into the second round here, but 
Yesterday, you asked me who's in more trouble, the Bucks or the Raptors. Now, that was before the Raptors went ahead and lost their second game to Boston. Right. So the the Raptors is the right answer at this moment anyways. That said, in this series, one nothing Heat-Bucks, I know you love the Heat, but who do you think, at the end of the day, feet to the fire, who's coming out of this series? One of the hardest parts of uh, that that young players we, we talked about the just the evolution of, of young players and we talked about the you know the disappointment suffered by Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz for example and how you bounce back from that is such a key uh, element to the way that your career progresses one of the hardest parts for young players is re-engaging readjusting your mindset when you get punch in the face when you get hit on your when you get when the other team throws the first blow like the heat did the other night some guys it takes a while to learn how to not wither in that moment Giannis Antetokounmpo doesn't have that he responds he's fierce he he, he already has the killer mentality he's mm-hmm. a dog like he knows how to go and win him a game because I mean let's be honest <laughs> whoever thought the Milwaukee Bucks would ever have the best record in the NBA right and he's already he's already got there, and he's already an MVP. He's he's developing at a more rapid pace. I mean, we talk about guys like Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray and and how young they are and how awesome that is. Giannis Antetokounmpo has exploded onto the scene at such a profound level that it's so easy to forget that he just turned twenty five. That he he still is in that same group as these rising stars. He already is the star of the league. Yeah. And I just think that I mean, if if they if the the Heat were to topple the Bucks, it would be to me uh, a huge red flag on the development of of this entire franchise. But I don't think that's going to happen. I expect Giannis Antetokounmpo because I mean he was they were playing hackage shack basically with him, and it's not a bad strategy against him. Honestly, he's not a great free throw shooter, but he's going to figure out a way to get to the rim and finish through contact. Mm-hmm. He's going to play with a fire that's not going to let this end easily. Yeah, I mean, I I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, I think Giannis is uh, obviously a very unique and special player and can just sort of put the stop. I mean, he he's so great both directions, right? I mean, he, he is uh, un- unstoppable, it feels like, inside, uh, you know, the pain and, and even out, you know, around the painted area offensively but he's so long he can defend anyone and anywhere and I think look Jimmy Butler was outstanding had 40 points in game one I don't he's going to have to repeat that game in and game out and I'm not sure that he's going to do that Jimmy Butler the other thing that I think is interesting here is if this had been a true home game from Milwaukee Mm -hmm. and they lost Mm -hmm. it would be a, a much bigger deal it seems to me than this neutral store, this neutral court situation, where right, that's it ju- it's just seven games that you're playing, or exactly. a seven game series. That exactly, said, exactly, and that's why overreactions, I think, are are even more tepid in this bubble, because even with the Raptors, for example, being down 0-2, they still have as many as five neutral site games left to play. Like it's mm-hmm. still not out of the question that the Raptors win four out of the next five, because it's not as if. If the Raptors are down 0-2 going back to Boston, you're on high alert right now. You're thinking, we can't get swept. Absolutely. But now it's like you just got to win one game, and now it's 2-1. You just win another one, now it's just a three-game series. Yeah. It's a great point by you. Uh, the flip side of that coin, though, right, is if this game had been played in Milwaukee, I think there's a really good chance the Bucks find a way to get it done. And so maybe they are up one nothing as a result because I don't think, in my estimation, there would have been a better atmosphere for a fir- for the first round than the atmosphere that would have existed in Milwaukee. Uh I think that I think that Denver Utah could have come close. I know those two cities, Utah in particular, being, you know, having that be the only show in town would have been big time. I know that the Blazers, it goes off at the Moda Center, no doubt, but like you said, who would have ever thought the Milwaukee Bucks would have the best team, mm-hmm. you know, or the best record in the NBA. And that is a, uh, a a level of sort of starvation where the fans believe that they are now on display. You know, that doesn't happen in Los Angeles. The Laker fans who are 
big time fans. They show up for the Lakers. The Bucks fans, man, I think they would have shown up certainly for the Bucks, but also to sh- to prove, hey, we are a real basketball town too. We matter, and generally those those crowds. They get a little bit Certainly. going, and then David Bakhtiari's hammering home twenty four ounce Millers over there, you know, pregame for on the big screen. It, you're gonna have yourself a nice little atmosphere in uh, in Brewtown, especially when it's a, a place like Milwaukee where they haven't had this opportunity in quite some time. Yeah. That, that's definitely a, a real factor. Should we dole it out again, or do you want to do you want to no. get- do you want to get to the other side? Yeah, let's get to the other side because we're up against it. Two Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. We'll take a quick break. We get into the high school football rankings for this week. We finally have a week of football to reflect on, and uh, the Knock On Sports put together his media poll this week. So we'll tell you what the results of that were, uh, what what the uh, what the results of that are at least for classes E through C, and uh, and take a look at it right after this. Hey, Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. The weather is warming up, and it's time to get your dirt biking, off-roading, and on-laking activities to an absolute maximum, and you do that with Kurtz Polaris. They have great Polaris side-by-sides. Tops in the industry, Polaris has carved themselves out as the industry leader in off-road four-wheeling machines. Razors, Rangers, Generals, they got them all at Kurtz. You can also get on the dirt bikes, have yourself a ride around any four service roads, or maybe you got a track somewhere, you like to go jumping on whatever you want to do. Beta and Husqvarna dirt bikes, that is the way to go and get yourself a Crest pontoon boat and you are living life right floating around, cruising around. Heck, you can even ski behind these pontoon boats now. They're awesome. Get yourself a Crest pontoon boat from Kurtz Polaris and summer the way you always envisioned online at KurtzPolaris.com. KurtzPolaris.com. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. Welcome back to Tell New One is 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, How D. You can catch us on Twitter if you would like to at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT. Those are your relevant Twitter handles. It is time now for our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank. Your Montana Bank since 1907. And uh, Coulter, our buddy Anthony Knockreiner, he's on uh, KGEZ up there in the Kalispell area, Flathead Valley. And uh, we do a little bit of work together on his show from time to time. He's been on with us and uh, will certainly continue to be as we head into a prep high school football season. But he does a, a lot of great work covering the high school level of football, particularly AA, but, but here early on all the uh, levels of high school football in the state of Montana. And he's put together his uh, media poll. We vote in this media poll. You and I do. He's got a bunch of guys around the state, a bunch of media folks around the state that participate in this thing. But we thought it would be interesting to kind of just take a look at that. At the class A level, uh, the uh, first set, the first uh, you know week or the first vote after the first week of uh, of play is like this. Miles City got 15 first place votes, 90 points overall, and they are the number one team in the state. Followed by Laurel, they're the only other team that got first place votes. They got three of them. They had 57. Dylan and Hamilton, notably Hamilton, has not yet played in this uh, season, ended up tied for third with 47 points, so third and fourth there, and then fifth was Billing Central with 14 points. Columbia Falls, Livy Haver, Lewistown, Harden, and Butte Central also received votes. Uh, I thought this was interesting for a couple reasons. Oh, go ahead. Uh, just a couple notes here. Uh, Miles City, Laurel, Hamilton, and Billing Central all have not yet played Oh, games. all four of them. Okay. So Dylan did play. They had the nice win over Frenchtown. That was probably the game of the week. I voted Columbia Falls in our top five this week just yep. because Columbia Falls, they played. And they won. They put up 48 points. Uh, they had a tremendous – I mean, uh, the Peters kid had 347 yards passing and 108 yards rushing. He's only the fourth class A quarterback to ever go 300-100 in the same game. So I thought that was impressive. And I also had Haver in our top five. Just because I think Haver as a semifinalist last year and they return 
probably the most talented player in Class A in Kellen Dietrich, the defensive end who's coming to the Grizz. I had them in our, our top five as well. Well, the team that I, that isn't in here that I think deserves a look, though, is Frenchtown. Sure. Uh, Frenchtown, <clears throat> excuse me, okay, they're 0-1. They lost to Dillon in a 20-13 to game. I think it was a late like pick six even mm-hmm. that was the difference in that football game. I know Frenchtown loses Jace Klusowicz. That's a significant loss, but this is a team that really burst onto the scene last year. And Dylan, the perennial power that they are, to you know have a a really good, really competitive football game, uh, I think you know is worth noting. And obviously, we'll, we'll find out more as the season goes on. But I think Frenchtown uh, certainly deserves a look in this thing as well. I did put Hamilton in there as well, just because. You know, they've been to two state championships and two state semifinals in the last four years. Obviously, they're going to be reloading with a new quarterback this season. So we'll see where they're at. But that's a good club and a great program down the bitter. No question. And we're going to know a lot more after this upcoming weekend, particularly when it comes to the very top of this Class A poll, because Miles City and Laurel are playing one versus two. To kick off the Rock season for both teams. You bet. That'd be pretty darn fun. It'll be interesting to see. I know Miles City was uh, really, really good last year. State championship for the first time in 10 years. Right. I'm I'm so interested to see if they can get it back rolling because we talk a lot about recruiting in the state of Montana, particularly when it comes to the, def- the offensive and defensive fronts. And one place where I think that the state of Montana has had uh, not nearly as many prospects individually is – the guys that play on the lines and linebackers that come from the Eastern Montana cities and Miles City has great football tradition, great athletic tradition. Mm. They've always had great baseball teams. Miles City has always had just great athletes because it's you know, it's it's the old Montana way, right? It's the cowboy town. It's you got hardworking kids that grow up on ranches, big, strong. The I you know, we we've talked about the the. Uh, dissipation of the population on that side of the state that have a lot of, there's a lot of factors involved. Technology has made farming a lot easier. You don't need as much manpower. Uh, there's a lot of crop production programs going on. So farmers are getting paid to not farm their land. So therefore they're maybe not even living there. So that makes the town smaller too, but a resurgence in football on the Eastern side of the state. Cause let's be honest. I mean, Laurel is in the Eastern a Laurel's like in the center of the state. Yeah. It's not on the Eastern side of the state. Yeah. So getting those Eastern side of the state schools like Glendive and Miles city and Sydney, that's huge if they can reestablish the tradition because it means so much to the towns. I think that the, the, the cultures of those towns tend to produce good athletes because they're just going to come from working class families most of the time. And so I think that that's, it's pretty cool that Miles City is the defending champs. They had a stacked team last year. We'll see if they can carry it on uh, into this year. Class B, it is uh, Eureka who is on top. They are the defending state champions, 72 points, 11 first-place votes. They're followed by Fairfield, who uh, had four first-place votes and 55 points. Manhattan, 47 points. Red Lodge had 42 points. Red Lodge also, by the way, did have two first-place votes. And then Big Fork and Glasgow, the Scotties out of Glasgow, both tied for the fifth spot in Class B. Uh, Florence, Loyola, they both received votes, uh, but they did not uh, crack the uh, the top uh, five here or top six I guess as it is Loyola obviously has not played a game yet Florence though was dominant I mean yeah, it was like forty four zero or something mm-hmm. like that their win last week over the weekend and so that's uh, one to track because Florence hasn't been traditionally a, a power a football power in Class B but they opened it up the right way so we'll see uh, how this twenty twenty season tracks for the Falcons the Eureka opener against Bonners Ferry, Idaho. This was something that I actually didn't know when we did our first prep extra segment of the week. And we talked a little bit about the Lions. They're gunning for their fourth Class B title in five years. But they opened up the season against Bonners Ferry, Idaho. Idaho has good prep football. And so a 14-7 win over uh, that squad is good. But we, as as you know, Eureka is in a very remote location. It's, yeah. it's a long ways from everywhere in Montana. So Bonner's Ferry is a much closer game for them than almost anywhere. But because of all the stuff we have going on with the pandemic, it was quite a process for them to be able to get clearance to have a team come over. But their whole arguing point was, isn't it actually safer for someone to drive you know, 50 miles to come play us than have someone drive from four and a half or six hours away? And so it, it was a good job by those two administrations to get that game together so that uh, Eureka could open up the season in week one. When it comes to Red Lodge, uh, I had I gave Red Lodge one of those two first-place votes just because um, Eureka 
excuse me, I voted Eureka number one. I had Red Lodge number two uh, because they had a nice season opening win, but also I think that they have uh, perhaps the most talented player in Class B. That's Elijah Reynolds, the mm. tight end who's going to Montana State. He, he you know, he's an intriguing prospect at 6'3", 220 pounds. I think he's got great frame. He's got an ability to really become a really big guy. I think that he could play a multitude of positions once he develops at the D1 level. But that sort of size in the Class B ranks makes it so that you can just be dominant. We saw with Garrett Graves at Eureka a couple of years ago. Garrett Graves played everywhere. You yeah. line him up wherever you want. And of course. Elijah Reynolds can run a lot like Graves. And so I think he has a chance to be uh, a really impactful force this year at Red Lodge. Class C, eight-man, Fort Benton, number one, Fairview, number two. This is interesting. Very close on the uh, voting here. 49 points for Fort Benton, 47 for Fairview. But Fairview actually garnered more first-place votes mm-hmm. than did Fort Benton. Six first-place votes for and Fairview. Fairview is the defending state champs. And uh, four for Fort Benton. So they're they're pretty clearly one, two. Clark Fork is at three. Flint Creek uh, is at four. And then Twin Bridges is five. And then in Class C, six-man, Big Sandy. Up there at uh, number one. What do we got? We got John Tester, right? We got Jeff Amitt. There you go. Big Sandy, shout out. Jordan, 32 points. Hot Springs, 23. Weibo is at 21. And then Shields Valley uh, is uh, is there at number five in the Class C six-man rank. So there you go. Your first media, high school media poll for football of the season. And, you know, it's fun to vote in these, fun to take a look, but not a lot of us know a whole lot at this point. You know what right. I mean? We got to see some results. We got to see some kids play. And you know, you know about certain guys that are going to be playing and that have already even committed to you know some major programs, some D one football players. But this is obviously the time when a lot of kids start to emerge as well. And you go, okay, whoa, what's going on here with this kid? So uh, we'll keep tracking that all season long. It is our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer's State Bank. Farmer's State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. Hour one in the books. Hour two straight ahead. Our ESPN roundtable with Montana State head coach Jeff Choate right after this. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here. And if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 